Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi everybody, it's Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope you're safe and well. We're trying something new. Let me know what you think about it in the comments if you think it's any good. We're trying a new way of doing uh, of doing our My Hammers 11 episodes for the time being. Um, if you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting that bell icon so you're notified of any time we put new content on. We have videos going up daily, but sometimes... You know, I'm in a good mood. You know, we might have beaten Chelsea or got a point at Newcastle or something like that. And I'll put two, maybe three times uh, a day. So make sure you hit that bell icon so you don't miss any great interviews. Uh, loads of great guests come up, including today's guest. It's Rob Chapman. Hi, Rob. How are you? Hi, Ross. I'm good. Thank you. How are you doing? Not bad at all. How has lockdown treated you? Well, uh, my daughter's back in uh, nursery and football's oh, really? back. So these are the these are the two things which have uh, markedly improved my life over the past couple of weeks. So it's uh, yes, yeah, so, okay, thanks very much. Yeah, not too bad at all. No, I know it's it's funny, isn't it? You <laughs> we've had no sport, no football for so long, and now we've got this sort of plethora of games, and I can't keep up with them to be honest. No, it's, really there's, there's games on every night, isn't there? So there's there's a game on right now. I know, and I, I, mean, and I look, maybe and I look, there is when you're watching this. I mean, it's uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. as at that time of recording, the chances are there's probably a game on while you're watching this as well. You know, even if it's like Tuesday morning at like eight a.m., probably a game on. It's Who mental. Knows? Yeah, it's, it's like six six o'clock games and stuff like that. You know, I go, oh, oh yeah. is there a match? And it's like there's been three games on. And you're like, how's that happened? But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so so obviously the time of recording, what Watford have beaten uh, Watford beat from Norwich. So yeah, not not the best result for us, but um, that's probably. We've done all right, I think, for the teams around us. I think that's only that result and the Brighton result against Arsenal that have really not buggered us up, but have been going against us. And it's nice to pick up some points as well to yeah. actually make that count. So hopefully, uh, fingers crossed for Burnley tomorrow as well. That's what we need. Definitely. Yeah. Funny old place to go. We're going there, aren't we? Is that right? I mean, I don't know no, what's no. home and away these days. Oh, is they coming to us, are they? Yeah. Fine. Sorry, yeah, London Stadium. Really. I've got to go and get my temperature checked and ah. stuff at London Stadium tomorrow. So it's, 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 <laughs> you know what? it's actually not too bad. You know, I was thinking before, I was like, oh, God, it's going to be really like just a really drawn out process every game. But it's not. It's literally they go, you know, get the gun beep, and then you fill out the questionnaire. Say you haven't got coronavirus, sign it. And then that's it. That's Simple. Right. 
the uh, Guardian uh, Football Weekly podcast had nice things to say about the uh, the club setup, which is which does not happen every day. Uh, yeah. Broadsheet newspaper yeah. saying nice things about us, but yeah, they were saying how uh, you know seamless the process was, and basically we were the safest place in London. But then as soon as yeah. you leave the uh, the uh, the ground, you're right. essentially surrounded by. Uh, and lots of things that aren't necessarily as compliant as they should be. So. Well, it's brilliant. You, you go for this sort of sterile environment, and you know the, the, the mm. car park, the staff car Hang on. park is now. Sorry, just pause for the obvious joke about the London Stadium there. Sorry. Yes, yes. No, uh, sorry, fact, sorry, yeah. sorry, insert, sorry. Insert joke here. Um, no, but, uh, but obviously the car, the, the car park is the staff car park is basically the the bit around the ground now where there's sort of the the, yeah, the stones yeah. are so it's brilliant i sort of park out right by the stadium and it's yeah you do all this sort of sterile stuff and you've got your mask on and you go out you turn you turn right basically to go up to westfield and you've got that barge east uh the bar and it's full of people oh, all over the bloody place yeah, yeah 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 and that is a pretty tightly <laughs> contained environment in there as well so yeah. you're not gonna do a lot of social distancing in barge east so <laughs> no but eventually, I think you know we're actually the London Stadium is actually quite adapt, not in, not in not putting any jokes in to social sure. distancing. If we go, that's in, one. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I imagine there'd be some sort of gradual process, you know, um, yeah, yeah. Know, a few thousand, and and actually it's set up quite nicely to do that. So uh, yeah. there's the old uh, Jasper Carrot joke about Birmingham City, wasn't it? If you remember that one, it was like I turned to the person next to me and went over here. So. <laughs> I remember that as well. So, yeah. So <laughs> it's it's did. I hear the like Andrews, it is a bit like that. So, which went right yeah. where I live. So, I'm an expat well, up in the Midlands. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, what we try and do, Rob, is, is with all new people or, or our guests, is, is find out a bit more about their West Ham fan career, so to speak. Now, you've got a very <laughs> unusual, uh, sort of unusual sort of upbringing so to speak in terms of being a West Ham fan I'm sure people who know you know your story but obviously there'll be a lot of people who don't know your story in terms of why you're a West Ham fan Rob so I will leave the floor open to, you <laughs> to explain uh yes I guess it's a slightly well put it this way uh, there wasn't a lot of choice about uh which no. team I was going to support when I was growing up that's for sure my, my sister very briefly mentioned in the 80s that she might want to uh think about supporting Liverpool and you know there was an intervention and you know <laughs> <laughs> words was words were said, and it was never spoken of again. So, uh, but yeah, so my uh, I guess I got a family connection to the club in that my um, my granddad is Eddie Chapman. I was sorry, he died in two thousand two, unfortunately. But uh, he uh, uh, he played for the club, uh, signed in nineteen thirty seven, um, on the back of a hundred and two goal season <laughs> the season before at Oxford. So uh, yeah, you know the thirties, right? So uh, and played uh, for them mostly during the World War years, um, and then uh, in the fifties uh, became club secretary and then uh, chief executive uh, thereafter. Wow. Um, so had a 49-year career um, at, uh, at West Ham, which you know, not many, not many, not even Mark Noble's been there for 49 years. Not so, even, uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so we sort of grew up around the club, really. And I guess it's because it's, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm a generation uh, where my dad and my uncle had a much closer experience being uh, my granddad's sons. Um, but, you know, still from, you know, I, I'd never known a time when football wasn't sort of, just you know the thing that was there um and i think i went started going well i, I found my dad actually earlier to so find when i said like, I'm, I'm doing this thing uh, uh, what can you what can you tell me because <laughs> i don't remember i was very very small uh, there's a photograph of me holding the fa cup in 1980 at the age of wow. nearly three 
Um, I, I wasn't there at Wembley, I'm, I'm assured. Um, but uh, my dad was obviously my, 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 uh, my oh, uncle, gee. obviously my granddad. But um, uh, yeah, so we think I started going regularly in '82, '83, so at the age of five. So, um, but no, different experience. You know, when you when you go with your family, yeah. um, and it's uh, you know it's sort of you know not the family business, but you know it is the business your family are in. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, you know it's not it's not you know the chicken run. So you're getting a very different footballing experience, and so yeah, I guess yeah. I rent, I've I've really sort of gone through uh, two phases of fandom. There's the kind of the thing where it's just the thing that the family does, and it's very nice, and you are you know you're not even the prawn sandwich brigade. You know you're there, you're there on on work essentially, or family uh, uh, you know work with family, and uh, yeah. having the nice sort of director's box experience with you know a number of good stories but uh and then you get to an age probably in your sort of teenage years when you think you know uh you know when the fans are singing sat the board or something and you go mm. oh yeah yeah i, I want to be in that except i can't because <laughs> that's us so uh, <laughs> uh that would be a very bad idea terrible career move um so uh i got a season ticket probably yeah uh i get one sort of Early twenties, I guess, late teens. Well, yeah, university. So I went up the hole and then came back and then started uh, um, watching. And I've been sort of, you know, on and off season to get older, but now now commuting from the Midlands with a three year old. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good. So yeah, see, but yeah, a weird way to watch football, I guess. It's uh, not not yeah. a common experience, but it also means you're sort of totally unfazed by it because you're just used to being surrounded by footballers. So yeah. it's uh, it's yeah, I think I probably. I don't know. I'm, I'm very pragmatic football. I'm very pragmatic in most areas of life, but I'm a very pragmatic football fan because, you know, when it's very easy when you, uh, it sounds like I'm a total apologist, but when fans get incredibly animated about, um, you know, oh, the board should have done this and that, you know, and, and mm. it's very easy to list everything that's ever gone wrong in a club. But when you've sort of seen it from the other side, and you realise these are, these are people doing their best and they're just doing a job, and especially in an era when there was not really any money in football. You know, it was, uh, you know, my, my granddad was, uh, say, a, a you know, chief executive and lived in a you know, three-bedroom semi in Ilford, uh, whereas now you'd be on millions yeah. of pounds a year, whatever it happens to be. So, but it was, but that, but the intensity of, of, you know, fandom hasn't changed. So, you know, so, you know people are still as uh, passionate about their club now as they were, you know, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. So it's, uh, oh, so yeah, yeah. So, so it, was, it was interesting, you know, met some interesting people and, uh uh, got to see a lot, awful lot of football, and which I didn't have to pay for. So you know, can't really complain about that. Exactly. Can you really? <laughs> no, exactly. And I think you're right. I think I think there's I think that the fandom is, is probably heightened by the fact that there's money in the game now, isn't it? So yeah. you've got the same fandom, the same family values, the same West Ham, you know, community values. But now in a, in an age where no one's no footballer's loyal, really, it's very very rare. Yeah. If you get three years out of a player, they're a legend now and yeah and pretty that much type yeah. Of thing. It's, it's 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 very much very much changed but you still have those those deep-seated fan like sort of those deep-seated sort of uh era nostalgia views of of loyalty and, and stuff which just aren't there in the game anymore and just but it's it, it, that's true but that's a conversation which has been going on for decades and decades you know I'm, yeah. i remember you know literally having this conversation you know around the sort of family dinner table where my my granddad eventually yeah. stepped down yes so the year after the 86 87 uh, 85, 86 season. So yeah, he would have stepped down. Oh, wow. His testimony, his testimonial was 87, eight, uh, 9th of August, 87. So he, uh, so that was that was his last season. 
But he'd been saying sort of all through the mid 80s, you know, even through that, you know, that glory period of 85, 86, you know, the, the money's going to ruin the game. And this is way before the Premier League, you know. <laughs> so it's a conversation that's been had, you know, every year, every decade for a long time, the, the increasing sort of, you know, influence of, of money on the game. And I guess if you're very old school, which, which he was, and I guess we probably are as a, you know, I am and a lot of fans are, um, it's, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's difficult because you look at a club as a community asset. And I think that maybe I can't speculate because they're not here to talk about it. But a lot of there's always going to be this sort of like um, this kind of uh, clash, it's a juxtaposition, if you like, of thinking about a club as a family, as a, uh, a community asset, which means you've got to preserve it. And at the same time, being ambitious to try and maximize its potential so that you not only keep your, your fans happy, but you do what you do in any business, you know, which is, you know, try and, you know, what is the potential of this? you know, organisation, club, you know, band, whatever it happens to be, to try and maximise its potential. And there's always going to be a clash there because, you know, you go, you tip that too far one way and you end up Leeds United or Portsmouth or any of those sorts of companies that live way beyond their means and uh, and get it wrong by doing far too much, don't do enough. And, yeah, sure, you've got a community asset. You've got a community asset which doesn't really do anything and doesn't really go anywhere and people get sort of, you know, inquired about. And I think it's a it's a funny one, isn't it? Because... Yeah. We as football fans, I think we're all <clears throat> instinctively slightly scared of change. You know, we don't adapt very well to change. And yet at the same time, we also get bored very easily. And we want things to continually be moving forward. And, you know, what's next? What's next? Who's the next signing? You know, how are we going to push forward? You know, yeah. how we, you know, this is the level we're at. We're having to get to the next level, the next level, all those sorts of things. And those two things often sort of face off against each other, don't they? It's like it's not... I wouldn't want to be a football administrator, put it that way. A, because I'd be terrible at it. But uh, even if not, just constantly trying to get that balance of, you know, what's too much to do, what's not enough to do, and what keeps people happy. So, oh, which totally fundamentally right. is winning games, right? So, it's, yeah. it's, oh, you tend to find, you know, right. Sorry, I just, I just talked okay. at you there. <laughs> no no i love it i love it man no, it's, it, you're totally right i mean it's it's i mean you know as 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 a west ham fan well we're not in it for the football no really are we because like no, of course not. Know, we've, bat, we've bat the wrong bloody horse if that's the case um yeah, but it's totally it's, it said it's that community spirit but it's it's that you know that that, that cup run uh here and you know that sort of getting to those 40 points as quick as possible so people can enjoy the season. I think that's that's sort of West Ham at the moment. And, you know, as you said, I think, yeah, some people obviously want, want you know, want a, I don't know, a billionaire to take us over and spend loads of money. Yeah, but, yeah, then yeah. They lo- but then they say, you know, we lose the West Hamness of the, cu- of the, of the club. Absolutely. And, the spirit. and you're totally right, exactly. I mean, that's part of the reason why there's been, you know, opposition to the stadium move, you know, because, oh, it's taken the West Ham. But then you could, but then you needed to do that next step because people wanted to be competing for, for you. It's an impossible job, right? It's an impossible it is, job. Yeah. And the trouble is we, we all know when it's been done badly. But yeah. you don't necessarily notice it when it's being done well. <laughs> so it's like it's like goalkeepers. You know, you don't notice them as much when they're playing competently, but everyone notices them when they make an absolute howler. So it's uh, and I guess it's the same with administration, isn't it? Really, I mean, I don't know anything about administration, yeah. but just what you see, it's no, like yeah. it's. I'm also, I guess, you know, I'm obviously biased because of the the upbringing that I had. But I'm just naturally more sympathetic course, yeah. to boards. I think. You know, I'll always go, oh, you know, I'm sure they mean well. You know, <laughs> so no one no one sets out to do a bad job. 
No. I mean, no. yeah, insert citation may be required. Let's find out what's happened at Wigan. But anyway, <laughs> as far as I'm aware, God, nobody intends mental. to do a bad job. That is mental. The Wigan stuff I know, is mental right. by all accounts. Right. I, don't, I, think I, I think that's legally okay what I've said there, isn't it? Just, can I just yeah. chuck an allegedly there just in case? I don't, yeah, what, alleged, I, what I've allegedly. read, rumours that yeah. abound. So but anyway, yes. yeah, no, yes, it's... Exactly. Um, <laughs> But yes, no, I'm sure everything was completely above board. But yeah, it's a weird situation, isn't it? Really? But that's the thing, right? Like, so, and you go, let's assume that that's all completely, you know, just an absolute cock up as opposed to yeah. uh, anything more sinister than that. But you go there for the grace of God, right? And how many times have we been, you know, quite close to that? You know, we we could have gone under a few times. And it's just, and he gets that's that. And I personally would rather us be playing, you know, nice pretty football in the second tier than ever have to go through like what Pogby and Leeds and all that did. I'd rather not either, but you know, yeah. I just want, I want, I want a club and my club to be able to continue to be able to support them, you know, regardless. Exactly. But, but so I'll tell you what, sorry, mate. No, but I say what go you said it. though, but the, that thing about the identity though is still very, very important. And it is mm. getting harder and harder for clubs to be able to cling on to their identity. Because actually, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not anti-stadium move at all. Actually, from a purely pragmatic point of view, I commute in, I can commute in, I commute in from the Midlands. It's absolutely a you know easy as anything for me to get there, as opposed yeah. to Upton Park, which is a bloody nightmare. Lovely place yeah. though it was. I can take my uh, taking my nephew there, and it's perfectly yep. safe. And basically, all the things I like about it are the things that most people don't like about it, <laughs> which yeah. I understand because it feels like a safe place I can take a kid. You know, and I haven't bought popcorn. I promise I haven't bought popcorn. But, you know, it's that kind of environment. And um, and it's mm-hmm. my dad is in his, you know, 70s and, you know, he's got plenty of leg room and it's easy access to the stairs and like, you yeah. know, fine. But if I was, you know, 21 or whatever it was and, you know, what the proper terrorist type experience, yeah, different thing, I guess, isn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah, but it's, it's time, football, time isn't it? It's the way football, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the way football it is. goes. You know, you don't get those tight ga- ga- grounds anymore, and the ones that you do, they're going to be knocked down. You know, everything like Goodison Park and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horrible yeah. ground. You know, it was horrible. The way football, yeah, it's, it's rubbish. Isn't it? it's I like it, and also it's rubbish. Be replaced with, I hate it. Yeah. I hate. Yeah, exactly. Oh, That's terrible. It. Rubbish. That's... West Ham was lovely, but it was rubbish, as you said. Yeah, Wigan. That was one I hated I mean, the most. That is a modern stadium. <laughs> Wigan, yeah. I hate Wigan. Philbert it's a modern Street, stadium, but I hate Philbert it. Street. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Philbert Street. Oh, so you yeah. really don't like those old school? It's awful. You're like, yeah. uh, you don't like the old ones like Main Road and uh, the, uh, what was the um, one in Coventry that's basically in the middle of a kind of a housing estate, which is, I like Highfield. it because it's pro- Highfield Road. That's right. Yeah. It's proper old oh, school yeah. in the middle of the town kind of thing. So, yeah, I actually I really like, I like those. But I know, I know that they can't like- survive. Yeah. So, yeah. They can't. And I mean, I mean, Bramall Lane, you know, in Sheffield, I mean, that's literally in the middle of, like, yeah, a town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. because There's a recording the studio the under there, you know. That's where the Arctic Monkeys recorded um, a lot of their first album, in uh, oh, wow. uh, Alan Smythe's studio, which is underneath Bramall Lane. So oh. there you go, pop fact. There we go. Hey, Mr. There DJ. There we go, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, not just, uh, it's not just West Ham. It, it's, uh, it's pop trivia as well. In it. There you go, yeah. really, yeah. <laughs> My other favourite oh, subjects. So. Yeah. <laughs> my, 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 my uni friend was a Sheffield Wednesday fan, so he used to go quite to right. Sheffield quite a lot. And obviously, he hated Sheffield United as much as I did. Yes. So it was always good, but it was good. Oh, anyway, no. anyway, Sorry, anyway, 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 anyway. Yeah, That's all right. Let's, let's talk about your 11. 
Okay. So let's talk about your 11. Um, right. So I'm looking forward to this. The <laughs> only rule, I mean, the rules, there's no, the rule is it's your, there's no rules, basically. The only thing is you have to be alive to have seen them play. Okay. That's literally it. Not necessarily see them play live. I say that because obviously that people who are foreign-based hammers might not have gone to many games, so it's not fair. It's, it's literally being alive. Obviously, I wasn't alive to see Bobby Moore, so I can't put him in my team. I can put Gary Breen instead. <laughs> so like for like, right? Yin and yang, yin and yang. Like for like substitution. So, so for you, Rob. Um, yes. Who would? So who would be between the sticks? So I have seen. All, I can say I, I have yep. seen all these players live. So I will say to you, Brilliant. I have. I have four words for you. Okay. okay? Yep. Not from near Moscow. Ah, oh, there he is. There he is. There he is. Closer to London than Moscow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as it's been, it's not an original observation. Many people have said it before me. I did the maths. Uh, 948 miles from uh, Moravia uh, to London, uh, Upton Park specifically, uh, versus 1,081 and a 20 hour, uh, 15 minute drive to Moscow, if you were doing it. Not from near Moscow, but an incredible keeper. So, uh, yeah, look, I saw, so I guess if I started going uh, early 80s, but I don't really, I mean, I do remember Phil Parks. I remember him, met him several times. Uh, he, lovely man, lovely signature, uh, smiley faces. Uh, smiley probably faces mentioned before. Exactly. <laughs> smiley faces, love Phil Parks. But I guess the sort of era that, you know, I was a sort of, you know, that, that kind of golden era that you're in where you remember sort of everything and you're obsessed about sort of football was probably the Ludo era. And uh, also my, so my mum's family uh, are all on that side. They're all Blackburn Rovers fans. So uh, I have to include Ludic McCloscoe for single-handedly <laughs> winning Blackburn Rovers the championship when, uh, when uh, I believe there was only one man on the pitch, wasn't there? I think Ludic McCloscoe played in all, all positions, didn't he, and denied Manchester United uh, their victory? I think something like that. I'm sure I read that somewhere. But anyway, so uh, a, a definite Ludic McCloscoe for me in... Uh, uh, yes, uh, in, in, in winning Blackburn the championship, but also giving me many, many memories of being a wonderful keeper and a really understated yeah. sort of you know bloke as well, wasn't it? Nothing showy, yeah. nothing kind of, just yeah. you know what you want in a keeper. Probably a bit mad, yeah. very steady. Just oh, yeah. love Ludo. Fam famously, uh, he had his uh, his, his sponsored Skoda as well. Yes, quite well. You know, he's he's a you know he's a, a loyal uh, a loyal check. Do you still, do you still well, call? Yeah. Cheshire's people, Czechs. I think we do, don't we? So yes. Anyway, so you know, proud, proud patriot. You know, good for him. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. And he's like, Skoda's our no. Czech, aren't they? I've got that right. They are Czech, aren't they? I, I think. He, I'm he, sure he, someone he will correct me if not. So, yeah. Well, it, they always do. <laughs> we'll, we'll see, yeah. Hammers will do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that'll do. Exactly. <laughs> 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 so yeah, exactly. I don't know who Ken Hammers is, by the way. So I wasn't doing that voice specifically. I'm sure he's. I'm sure he doesn't speak anything like that. I was doing no, my standard points of view, uh, angry from Tunbridge Wells voice. Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll put Ludo in. Right, let's go. Let's go. Now, your next player. You just, Rob, you just go with it and, and you can okay. talk about it. Well, let's do it. So I, I've decided to play wing backs. I did think, and yep. at least one of these players is playing out of position. I did think about doing an out of position 11. Because if there's something that uh, West Ham has specialised in the year, it's recruiting in an imbalanced way. 
And so we just had to lead to many people, I'm looking at you, Mikel Antonio, right back, playing out of position. But I'm not going to, so I'm just going to go with one player which is defiantly out of position. But uh, I think we can work with it. Uh, look, I'm, I, I like to think of myself as a visionary manager, and I'm sure I can convert them and get the best out of them. So we'll go with that minute. So I'm going to play three central defenders at the, uh, 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 at the back, and then I'm going to play wing back. So should we do the three at the back? Sure. Fine, okay. straightforward, these ones. Uh, number one, Alvin Martin. Surely no arguments yeah. there. Um, no. Love watching, love watching Alvin Martin. What, what a great player. Again, steady. And also, he seemed really nice. Well, I don't know he seemed really nice. I've met him. He's very nice. So, you know, and I, I do like a nice footballer. The ones that sort of, you know, blank you and aren't as, as polite or friendly, um, I, I naturally take against slightly. But uh, he was both a lovely human being and also a very, very fine defender. And also, you know, there are not very many people that have played for... Uh, West Ham in that era that were also getting a lot of in, uh, international caps you know 17 oh, international caps exactly. uh, uh, would have played in the World Cup in 82 had he been fit uh, did play uh, against Paraguay in 86 and had he been uh, you know yeah. he was a dropped exactly uh, against uh, uh, Argentina and I think I think that was the only reason we lost wasn't it I think obviously uh, I think so. Alvin Martin would naturally have been able to defend that uh uh, that mazy run from Diego Maradona. I'm sure. I'm sure that's all it was. That's all it was. So you know, basically, West Ham would have been able to win two World Cups were it not for uh, Bobby uh, Robson uh, uh, dropping out of Martin. I'm, I'm sure that stands up to scrutiny, and you can't prove yeah, it otherwise. Sure. So yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so uh, so <laughs> so Alan Martin, also a good ball playing uh, defender as well. I think he's he's underrated as a ball player. So I think Agreed. you know people think of sort of 80s, uh, you know. Uh, central defenders are sort of cloggers and he wasn't a clogger remotely so um more traditional kind of so should i go on to the next one or uh yeah, go for, yeah go yep, sure carry sorry on. you carry on sorry yes then uh, yeah uh i so i will go my other center well, sorry my, my my second of three um i don't know if this is a controversial choice or not but a really good player was only with us for 18 months um but i'm gonna go slam and Proper defender, just a really, really solid centre back. I think I think we signed him for let's say one point three million. About that, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like I know, that. I know we sold him for four point five million to Everton yeah. eighteen months later, and you know uh, you don't have to be a betting man to know that getting three and a half times your money on a player in eighteen months probably indicates you've got quite a good player there. By that standard, yeah. so uh, so yeah, I like, and also I think he's just slightly unfairly maligned for um, you know players get sort of good press or bad press uh, based on you know how they leave, you know the way they leave, mm, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think you know for you've probably got that sort of cusp of sort of the old school era and then the kind of modern era, but certainly by modern era standards. Um, there was nothing wrong with Wayne. <laughs> got a load of money. We got a load of money for him. Yeah. Uh, he insisted on playing out the rest of the season. Gave exactly. it his all. Performance never dropped. You know, can't really argue with that. I think so. No. And also, he actually had one looked up his stats. I always remember him thinking he was very good at scoring from corners. And I think he actually only scored two goals. But I just must remember both of them. So because I always have it in my head, he was very effective scoring goals from corners. So, um, but uh, but maybe not as effective as I remember him. But um, you know, yeah. maybe in our team we could we could you know coach a few more goals out of him. So maybe not now. Yeah. You know, he's in his fifties. But you know, still. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So that would be my second of three. Uh, and my third, probably not a surprising choice here, 
Um, but I said Alvin Martin is a is a good ball playing sort of centre half, which I think uh, think he really is. But to me, the to use this cliche, the Rolls Royce of ball playing uh, central yeah. defenders, you know, almost certainly ahead of me would be Rio Ferdinand uh, by yeah. some distance. So uh, given the, how quickly the name changed below there, you were definitely ahead of me. So um, yeah, just like you know, he was I. If Fred Astaire played in central defence, it would be Rio Ferdinand. <laughs> it was like it was he didn't he didn't run, he sort of glided. And normally yeah, yeah. you you might say that about some kind of silky sort of you know central def- uh, so central midfielder or attack or whatever it was. You very rarely see people playing in central defences that you would describe as gliding across the pitch. No, but that was how I remember him. And just and I think if especially if you're playing three at the back, I thought about this. If you're playing three at the back, you do want some you want that ball carrier to come out from that kind of sort of yeah. central role to sort of bring the ball out, others two can close in behind. I think Rio would be, would be your man because it, sort of, it can link that play from uh, sort of defensive midfield to, uh, uh, to to the back and also gets me out of having to play a defensive midfield, which I haven't selected. So, uh, uh, yeah, I would go, uh, I would definitely, I'd definitely go Rio. Yeah, surely not controversial so far. So No, no, that's no, <laughs> a good shout. Good shout. And I, I, I agree with all of them. Yeah, makes, but as you said, there's a nice contrast. You know, I don't really look at it as, as part of a, a balanced side. I think you've got probably the three of the best centre-backs. You're perfect for a West Ham manager. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Formation? What, what formation? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ah, put them all in. Be fine. Just play Haller. Just play Haller with two people. That's what yeah. you're um, it's, so easy. <laughs> it's so simple. Um, anyway, anyway, that's just like Tourette's with me at the moment. Um, yes. Right. Let's let's go, let's go for you. Get for your wing backs then. Robert, okay. Right. So l- l- hopefully I've got everyone on side now, so yeah. uh, I can now annoy people. Um, because uh, at right back, and you know, people will notice. Uh, sorry, by right wing back, people are going to notice at least two things wrong with this, and I'm only going to say two names: um, Alan Devonshire. What? You can't play Alan Devonshire as a wing back? People might say, <laughs> and they may well be right. Uh, for a start, he played on the left mostly. But here's my defence: the way that uh, current football is, because we're assuming, right, for the sake of argument, that this team is going to play, you know, the versions of them from their prime are going to yeah. be playing, you know, in today's game. And yeah, yeah, the well. the role of kind of, you know, people just don't really play with traditional wingers anymore, do they? If you've got people that have got no. classic old school wing skills, they play them in wing back uh, or even in a 4-4-2, you know, bombing on and overtaking sort of the person in the wide midfield. Yeah. And, and again, you know, I, when did, uh, uh, I guess probably left about 1990, but it's sort of late 80s, isn't he? He was, uh, he was sort of fading out by then. So, you know, uh, I, I only sort of saw him sort of the latter sort of years of his, uh, his career with us. But even then, I remember him, you know, being an extremely hard worker. You know, uh, he was uh, his his work rate was 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 pretty impressive. I think as a uh, as a, someone playing on the wing, he could cut inside, he could switch over. You know, he you know mostly on the left, but he'd switch over to the right, left, right, left. Um, so I think I've just got a hunch. You know, could Alan Devonshire do a job for you at wing back? I think he could. Not now. He's sixty four. He but I think you know. In his prime, yeah, he's, he hasn't been kind to me that way. But you know, in his prime, could Alan Devonshire do a job for you in the current game as wing back? I'm saying yes, he could. Yeah, no, I think he's great. No, I think he's and great. I think if I stab my finger like that down, it will make the point more vociferously, and people are less inclined to argue. Yeah, because that's definitely how exactly. Fans I work. am now so, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I think you'll find the matter is closed. So, uh, so, <laughs> so uh, you're moving on. Sorry, yes. Sorry, how are you? Are you limited for time? Sorry. No, uh, no, no, when, no, no, when does no, the tape no, run out? 
Exactly. Have we got a take there? We're okay. Yeah, yeah, we're okay. <laughs> a, hamster, keep running. Uh, exactly. So. <laughs> Um, so less controversially, if you're playing wing backs, there's only one person yep. you can obviously play at left wing back. It's Julian Dix, case dismissed. Yeah. Um, I looked at his goal scoring record; it's obscene. I mean, he scores one. In, yeah. He's scoring one in three games. Every three games, we, you know, le- yeah. legitimately, that puts him probably in our ten percent of strikers we've ever had. <laughs> score one in three. You know, that's. I mean, I know yeah. he took penalties and stuff, but come on, still someone from left back who's going one in three. Exactly, he scored loads of corners, you know, coming like as you said about Slam Village. Hmm. But but going back watching, obviously the Robert Banks, uh, obviously putting all the yes. videos. Uh, oh god, love and him. he he gets loads of loads of corners, and it's it's surprising. I never thought of him as a head, as a you know uh, a prolific header of the ball in, in corners. No, no, he does. you don't. You don't Comes think of it quite a lot. God, you wouldn't fancy the ball's chances, would you? Really? So. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like that. Then you used to say something like, you know, when he's taking a penalty, if you're the goalkeeper, you're better off just ushering it in, really, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can do yourself a serious damage trying to get in the way of that. So it's, uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, interesting, you know, interesting character, Julian Dix. But what a player! I mean, what a player! Again, not a controversial pick. I appreciate. Um, so shall I move up the field? Go for it. Go okay, for it. so talking about imbalance. Uh, some might say my central midfield is a little imbalanced, but again, I reckon if I stab my finger enough, I can make a point vociferously, and therefore people won't argue with it. I'm sure that'll be fine. Um, so I'm going to go firstly with Liam Brady. Uh, so I guess so. I, I wanted a player that, and I guess there's a, there might be a few times this. When you think of West Ham uh, players, you often think of two different types of people. You think of the people that have come up through our kind of you know youth ranks and you know this incredible mm. academy that we uh, that we've created of people that sort of come right the way through the ranks, and then you think of people who come to us when they're past their best and have played for bigger clubs. And mostly, it doesn't work, but sometimes yeah. it does. And it really did, I think, with Liam Brady. You think of the clubs he's played for and the level he played for, and you think the only way we would be getting Liam Brady is if he is completely shot. And he wasn't. He was great. He was fantastic. And I just remember watching again, because it's it's that era that I sort of most fondly remember from going every game. And the just the the ball was like a you know a, a piece of elastic attached to his boot. I just I can't ever remember him losing the ball. And he actually, I think he's obviously an attacking player, but he can play quite deep as well. So, you know, mm. he dropped deep. Uh, he almost played like a kind of, um, like almost like a Scott Parker kind of role. He could beat a man, so he'd take on him, beat a lot of men, and then go back and beat them again. But um, he could also sort of, you know, pick up the ball quite deep, turn, keep it, go past someone, then lay it off to someone else. Yeah. So just a incredibly versatile player. And also he's Irish, so that will please my in-laws no end. So if I can have an Irish player in there, then I will be ingratiating myself to the in-laws. So, uh, yeah, so I know I love, I love watching him. And I don't think he's spoken about enough in sort of uh, West Ham circles as what a great player he was for us. So. No. Do you get him picked much on your show? Not that many. He says when he opens up his his, uh, oh, sorry. his spreadsheet. No, <laughs> I should have warned you. There's a stats question coming. So, <laughs> no, 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 Liam Bray, Liam Bray. Uh, this will be the fifth time. So fifth time. Okay. Fifth time. So Fair we're enough. almost at a hundred. So you know. Oh, okay. Like five percent. 
five percent. Yeah, no, fa- fair <laughs> enough. But anyway, so I loved him. Okay, so uh, if he's the five percent, uh, I'm now yep. going to represent the ninety-five percent in picking Trevor Brooking. Now, yes. it's uh, you could say, can Brooking and Liam Brady play in the same team? To which the answer is, it's my team, it's my rules. Yes, they can. <laughs> so, uh, but I sort of figured that on the basis that if you've got Brady sort of playing slightly deeper as someone that you know can sort of you know take the ball past him, he's never going to lose the ball, ball yeah. beat a man or lay uh, lay the ball off. You've then got the sublime vision of Trevor Brooking, and I think I only got a year of him, so I think he left in '84, yeah. did he? So, like that, yeah. Uh, so I only saw, and I was very, very young. I did, I did play with him in uh, my granddad's testimonial when I was the mascot. I think that counts. That counts as a full cap, doesn't it? So anyway, yeah, but okay. uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. You, yeah. You're like best mates now, so it's like uh, almost certainly. Wow. Um, so uh, <laughs> yes, uh, he. But, but God, even then, I remember his vision. Uh, just you know, really tremendous player. I mean, yeah, just uh, yeah, could just pick a pass, but also beat a man as well. You know, and. You know, again, he's one of those gliders, right? Not the, uh, not you know, blessed with absolute natural, you know, you know, burner's pace. But um, just you don't. It doesn't matter if you're that yeah. good at keeping the ball yeah. and going past people and can just glide with that, you know, level of skill. Tight. Then you don't really need that much pace. Right. So um, yeah, no, I absolutely I love watching booking uh, no. in the one year that I saw him and was very young. But let's just say I, I imagine that I remember that yeah. absolutely perfectly, even though I was about six or whatever it was. <laughs> I definitely saw sorry, exactly. Yeah, I was there, right? You can't get me on a technicality. So tick, tick, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to come back. So I've got a third place in midfield, but I think it's my most controversial pick. So I'm going to, if you said I can do this nearly all night, I'm going to go up front and then I'm going to go back to my missing midfield. Yeah, no worries. So uh, let's stick with the safe options, shall we? Um, uh, Everyone's favourite lunatic, Paolo Di Canio. It must be 95% of teams. Does anyone not pick Paolo Di Canio? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, again, let's get the spread chip. I should really have two screens for this. It'd be a lot easier. Um, Di Canio, Di Canio, Di Canio. Um, His name is Paolo Di Canio. Only 55%. Yes. Because it's a a generational thing, isn't it? I I think people... The, the more experienced fans would not necessarily put him in. Maybe the even the the, the less experienced, the younger fans. You know, Di Canio was in that you know a certain era, wasn't he? And um, yeah, you know, I mean, some people didn't like him just because yeah, know, some people yeah. But you know, he's 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 Paolo Di Canio, isn't he? What can you say? About exactly. him? I mean, look, look. I, it's not 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 for me to sort of you know argue with other fans. But what I would say, you know, those forty five percent are absolutely entitled to their opinion, their wrong, wrong opinion. Because he's very clearly one of the best players that's ever played for West Ham. He just is. In fact, actually, I don't, I, you know, uh, uh, my, you know, bring up my grand again, so I'm not doing that to make a point. But I remember him saying that uh, uh, he said that Di Canio is the best technical player he's ever seen at West Ham. And, you know, he'd have, you know, been there from, you know, the 30s. And so seeing, you know, Bob Moore, he wasn't a sentimentalist at all, but he said, look, that guy is the best player I have, technically the best player I have ever seen play for West Ham. So, and just, I mean, just every game, he'd do something mental that you go, you know, I, I can't even imagine that, let alone know how you did it. But it yeah, was yeah. just a stunt. There's a kit, a free kick. I think it was in Watford. 
there's a free kick and I still haven't quite worked out how he does it because he shapes to hit it one way and it look it it sort of goes near post but also sort of round the wall whilst the keeper dives far post so it's it just I mean just foot right, you say we're not there for the football but when we are there for the football we want the football to be joyous yeah and Paolo de Canio brought joyous mania that uh and you you always had there was never a game you were out of as long as he was on the pitch because you know that word mercurial is used by football fans all the you know all the time the mercurial talent but you know essentially that means someone can conjure something out of nothing should they be so inclined and when as long as you've got one of those people then uh you're never fully out of the game uh you know and didn't didn't work do, every time. Yeah. No, exactly. But but I mean, it was part of that crazy <laughs> era, wasn't it? that Redknapp era, which is absolutely crazy in terms <laughs> of, you know, him and the, the, obviously the the, the 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 guys coming from the academy. You know, yeah. it was like a soap opera. You'd have you know like eventually Marco Boogers and Paolo. Fu- you know, all these. It was just a crazy time that Harry. Era. Yeah. <laughs> but what Paolo used to do, he used to do that that little thing where he did a fake back hill, yeah. and it used to always stump everyone and it was the most it was like he was literally go i'm gonna do a back heel honest like slow motion and everyone fell for him and yeah it was brilliant but it's the thing it's like you, you can sorry they used that chop as well we used to go like yeah. one way and chop and again everyone knew it was coming but, but just knowing it's coming and being able to do anything about it, like you know that Yarmolenko is going to cut inside and put it on his left and try and curl it in the corner. You know he's going to want to do that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But <laughs> doing anything about it, it's like the Iron Robin thing, isn't it? Everyone knows what Iron Robin's going to do when he tries to get it. Stopping it is another matter entirely. Just because you know it's coming doesn't mean so you can do anything about it. You know, you know that. David Blaine is going to try and get you with some kind of mind trick or whatever it is, or uh, Darren Brown, sorry, Darren Brown's going to yeah, try and get yeah. you there. Being able to stop him doing it is another matter entirely. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, I know it's a it's a cliche to say it's got to be, but it, it obviously has to be Paolo De Canio. He's got to play. So, uh, you know, and you just have to take the baggage with it. But, um, yeah, yeah no, I'm not okay. And I was there for that, that goal. So, you know, there we go. Yeah, no, it's a funny, funny stories about that goal when you obviously – when he comes to in conversation, everyone mm. talks about that goal. And that's what I necessarily, obviously everyone's seen the goal, but it's yes. the stories around the goal. So I interviewed Ian Dale and he was stuck in the Blackwall Tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> and Benji Lanyardo, his dad, had his back to the game when it happens. You know, and it's well, like yeah, all it's, these things. It's absolutely brilliant. That, I love it. Like the, uh, yeah, actually one of my favourite games of all time is uh, is the 4-0 um, snow victory against Man United in the League Cup. Uh, quarterfinal that time and yeah. uh phil and jim for whelan's and jim Gardner, if you've had them on the, the show before yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. but uh they, they were they were stuck well I mean, one of them was stuck at home and one of them was stuck in a snowstorm in a tunnel whatever it is and just missed the whole thing that's uh, like one of my favorite games we see they're for the grace of god right so it's yeah. uh but anyway yeah so um was a, there was a sorry, period mate. wasn't there there was a period yes. where we had like really random freak weather at west ham yes I remember there was once where it was obviously we had um it was a crystal palace game where the lights went out this was sort of the yes. yeah, early yeah, yeah. 2000s and then we had i think the couple of weeks afterwards the newcastle game when when the players were warming up there was like a a, a typhoon in the middle of the pitch you know, just like <laughs> torrential downpour and they had to cancel and it was like it was really weird and then you had that west ham game as it was the man united game and it was snowy and 
Lots of snow. The, uh, I'm the coldest I think I've ever... I, I've been in Canada when it's been minus 30 degrees. Oh and God. the coldest still I've ever felt was a Birmingham City home game. So uh, West Ham v Birmingham. I think we won 2-0. Diamante scored, I think. And I just... Like, it was joyous, but I just couldn't get past the fact that I'm not sure I'm going to make it to the other side. You know, I think I'm going to be chiselled out of ice somewhere in the West Stand, you know. It was so cold, so cold. But, uh, yeah, football stadiums, though, they get that. They like that, aren't they? Really, so. they do. They do. I mean, obviously at the London Stadium, I, I, I see. I, I, mm. I'm up in the, in the gods in the in the white box at the top, and yeah, God, it's windy and freezing. You know, even even windy at the moment. You know, there's a gale seems every five minutes, but oh, it's so windy up there and so cold. And it's all metal. And it's all like metal, and it's just oh. You can't be complaining about the weather in a football stadium in July, though, mate, can you, really? No, no, you <laughs> I'm thinking when it, when it comes to January again and everything's back to normal and I'm sat there freezing my bum off because there's a yeah. massive hole in the floor. Oh, <laughs> You know, it's how the other half live, Rob. It really is. You know, I know, right? Well, I can't, I, can't, uh, I can't talk about that, mate. <laughs> I spent most of my early years watching West Ham in the director's box having a very nice lunch, I can tell you. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, so, oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, I was convinced well, actually some people only used to yeah. go just for the lunch. You know, there were, I'm, I'm not going to yeah. name names. I'm just going to say there were some people who would leave about 10 minutes into the second half, but uh, definitely didn't miss a bit of their lunch, that's for sure. So, other one up front. I yes. am, okay, maybe get slightly more controversial. And I think my final pick is quite controversial. But so my other partner for Paolo, and again, I thought about the shape of this team. And what are we missing? And we're missing raw pace and classic finishing. And so when you think of a classic finisher, you think of someone like Tony Cotty, for example. <laughs> hey, I'm going to need a minute. So, yeah, sure. I mean, look, that header, oh, you know, you know, does it matter which goal it's in? I mean, the point is it's a great finish, right? So, uh <laughs> Poor old Ian Dowie. He's a really nice. We liked Ian Dowie, so he was, I he was loved a, him. He, he, a he was a trier, you know. Exactly, God right? A trier. Exactly. He, would, he knew he wasn't going to get that ball in the corner, but God forbid that he wasn't going to stop running after it. And exactly, you know, right? The goalkeeper's actually taken a goal kick since he's finished running it, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> he's <laughs> tried. <laughs> Once he's up to steam, you can't, you can't, you can't stop him when he's at speed. Uh, <laughs> like a locomotive, exactly. uh, and just as heavy. So uh, I'm going to go for. Or not Tony Cotty, I'm going to go for Craig Bellamy. So Ooh. I know, no, first, right? First time. I think I'm just checking. I think it's so, the first time. Just thinking about it, I this is going to be controversial. And I'm sorry, Mr. Cotty, another wonderful human being, um, if I say this, but I just think Bellamy is a more complete footballer. That natural pace. Yeah. I know, right? I told you it was going to get more controversial. We didn't see the best of him. No. He wasn't there very long. Um, but that partnership he was developing with Dean Ashton. I oh. mean, some of the best football I've ever seen us play was those two playing together. I don't actually know how many times they played together. I mean, Bellamy, I think he only played like 20-something times for us. Mm. So we really didn't see the best of him at all. But, you know, again, another one of those players didn't want to go, got sold to Man City for an obscene amount of money. And the reason yeah. why he got bought by Man City for an obscene amount of money is because he was really, really good. And... Uh, in that kind of team, I'm just thinking, you want someone. You, we're not short of playmakers, right? We've got Brooking, yeah. we've got Brady, we've got De Canio, we've got Devonshire and Dix coming in from each wing. 
you know, do we need another sort of classic sort of sort of, you know, playmaking sort of number 10 style centre forward? Or do you want someone absolutely lightning quick who can burn you for pace on the counter attack should you need it and has got an absolute dead eye finish for goal? So yeah. that was why I went for Craig Bellamy. Like our, our first choice. I can't believe I'm the first one to a picture. Yeah, anyway. I, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, again, he's, he, the, the old spreadsheet is up, uh, and yes, he is the first time he's been picked up. Well, People there you go. About him in in dispatches. They, um, well, you know, take that. But, but not not given the not given the journeys. And you just think for the modern game, right? Sorry, mate, yeah. carry on. And you're totally right. And you better say, you know, obviously him and him and Ashton, they were bought as the party. Oh, you know, that was, just... that was, it could have been. It could I know, been right? Like, I know. Cotty McAvinney, it really I was. I know, I know. And it really was. And, and that's exactly the kind of roles that they they uh, they played. And that's why I'm thinking, yeah. if you're going to play someone up with the cameo, I mean, you always got the feeling that the cameo felt that any other centre forward was a bit of an inconvenience. So, um, but uh, if you're going to have someone, you want someone completely different who's going to play a very different type of game. Which brings me to my final choice. I'm going to go back into midfield. And if I lost yeah. you with Clay Benamy, I've got a funny feeling I'm going to lose the rest of your, uh, your viewers Brilliant. on this one. I am going to go and hear me out for Kevin Nolan. Now, I'm going to explain my reasoning. We have 10 incredibly good footballers whatever you think about those 10 people i have just mentioned they are technically superb footballers i am not suggesting that kevin nolan is anywhere near as good technically as those footballers but i'm bringing in kevin nolan for two reasons number one (laughs) yeah if you've got the opposition worried about what the hell's Brooking going to do? What's Brady going to do? What's Devonshire going to do? What Dix is going to do? The absolute one person they will not be worrying or thinking about is Kevin Nolan. And you know what Kevin Nolan likes? It's turning up at the back post when nobody's noticing him and getting 15 goals a season. That's a bloody good, good idea. And so someone to clear up the scraps is absolutely what he was perfect at. Ghosting in without anybody picking him up, and anyone, and the, you know, you were saying like we were saying earlier about you know knowing what someone's going to do versus being able to stop it are two totally yeah. different things. Everyone knows that Kevin Nolan arrives deep from midfield at the very last minute, times his run perfectly, and gets ten to fifteen goals a season, and has been doing that since the dawn of time. Everyone knows it. No one seems to be able to stop it happening. Exactly. And then also having Christmas off because he got his, he gets. Yeah, well, you know, I've got a very good bench that I can bring on. So if if necessary, I don't think of the skills we miss. But the other reason I wanted to bring him on is like one of, so I'm a massive cricket fan. And my all time favourite cricketer is Mike Brearley. Now, Mike Brearley is not a very good cricketer. Sorry, Mike. He's, he's not technically brilliant, but his ability to get the best out of very, very talented players on the pitch was, you know, absolutely sublime. And when people talk yeah. about sort of Botham's ashes in, in 81 and the the, uh, the bowling spell he got out of Bob Willis and all those sorts of things, most of that is down to how Mike Brilly was able to manage and motivate his team on the pitch. And I just think if you have got Paolo Di Canio, You've got Julian Dix, you've got Slavon Bilic, you know, you've got yeah. a lot of very, very big characters. To me, the person who can, very much like Mike Brearley, sort of, you know, essentially uh, wander onto the field with an absolute air of supreme confidence that they are the alpha. And Kevin Nolan is not the alpha male, is not, not the alpha male in any room he's in. 
he's obviously the person who is just naturally going to assume a position of authority and control and no one's going to argue with him. And the idea of Ducanio and Dix and all those sorts of people, I think you need someone in that team just to basically be the boss and keep everyone in line. So that and is why I think Kevin Owen. Yeah, so. and obviously he's doing, he's doing a great job at the moment. Absolutely. You know, he's absolutely inspiring inspired selection by by Moyes. We're good at corners now, Russ. We're good at corners. We haven't been good at corners for years. But but what I know is where where the the bloody hell did... I never knew about about Bowen's corners, you know, it wasn't right. on the on his on his crib sheet. You know what I mean? And the last three games, he's been whipping them in like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, um, and it, but it's, it's also have you seen the move? Sorry, getting very nervous. Have you seen the movement in the box during our kind of, and you've seen like where Suchek is. You've seen like the players of where Antonio is and Ogbonna, and uh, that you know they're basically being an absolute nuisance. And Kevin Nolan was the absolute master of being a complete nuisance at corners. And you can just yeah. you can see how they're set up now to be really, really annoying to the keepers of the defenders. And you just go, it's Kev that is. I know you just tell where it's coming from. He's gonna go, right, what you need to do is you need to stand right in front of the keeper and be really, really annoying. Maybe treading his toes, you know, maybe give him a little tickle in the ribs as you go past. Just make an absolute nuisance of yourself, and lo and behold, all of a sudden we're good at corners again. And God, yeah. that was one of the things, like, I never, I know it's not, I know a lot of people enjoyed it. I never really enjoyed the football played by uh, Pellegrini's teams. And yeah, you know, pretty passing, lots of possession, all those sorts of things. But actually, I don't, I personally don't get that much out of that kind of football, lots of sort of sideways, mm. sort of pretty movement. I like something a bit dynamic. And sometimes, mm. you know, footballers who, you know, can be a bit of a dick, sometimes they're good fun to watch. And, you know, Kevin Nolan was the uh, you know, the master of that, just being really, yeah. really annoying. And, you, you know, every opposition player hated him. Every opposition yeah. fan hated him. And those are exactly the kind of players you want to have on your side. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a bastard, but he's our bastard. Exactly, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and, you know, lovely hair as well. Yeah. Nice 1940s haircut. Yeah. You know, classic, there are players that, again, oh, sorry, I think, if someone else says this, maybe Phil may have said this before, but I think observed the way that he walked onto the pitch with a ball under his arm. Now, I don't know whether that actually ever happened, but I have a vision of someone like Kevin Nolan walking onto the pitch <laughs> with a ball under his arm like a 1940s player with his lovely immaculate hair. So, uh, and I think, again, there's just a natural authority of people like that. And you don't, even Paolo Di Canio wouldn't argue with Kevin Nolan, I would. No. And that has finished finished the team nicely, Rob. Rob, it's been absolutely brilliant. Pleasure, mate. Really, Pleasure. Really, really enjoyed chatting. Uh, no worries. It's been really good. I really appreciate it. all the thought. There's been a lot of thought, a lot of late night. I could imagine a bit like you know. No, I'm, I'm like, just really good at bluffing it. So. <laughs> oh, just completely buffing it. I'm just, I just got all this. But I can imagine, you know, it's like really sort of agonising about about who to put in what position. It's been great. It's been really fun, and people enjoy no, that, you know, because because I can, you know, because it's and, and every every eleven is individual, and it's nice to get a few new names on there, like Bellamy and Nolan. Um, I think we've got about 160 names so far. Wow, players! So it's, it's really not going to get them all in the first team squad. There's going to be some unhappy people in that squad. But, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just the wage bill. And oh god. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Even at four Other and six. Wages. Yeah, four, two and eight. was <laughs> still being paid what he was paid in the 1960s versus sort of like what modern day players are. You know, you're just going to get unrest in the dressing room. That's all I'm going to say. So. There'll be dissension. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, and obviously everyone, everyone for watching. I uh, hope you enjoyed it.
I hope you join a new format as well. Let me know what you think. Uh, if not, we'll go back to it if anyone likes it, but that's <laughs> all Um And until next time, from me and Rob, take care, everybody. We'll see you all again very, very soon. See you later, everyone. Bye bye. No worries. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.